Mythology in vampire films is a cumulative thing. For example, having fangs, I think, only appeared in a Mexican vampire film in the 1950s or something. It's very recent. Um, Nosferatu, I don't recall having fangs. But all of these things get added in like garlic or you must be invited over the threshold or the cross or the holy water. All these things get added in arbitrarily by certain authors who choose this form. So we wanted to add something in there, so we added in these leather gloves that they wear when they're outside of their habitat. Why? Because we wanted to have something that was ours that we invented, and, and we thought it looked really cool. So our very important criteria. In a way, the theme of love in the film, too, in itself is that Adam and Eve allow each other to be who they are. And I think that's maybe the key to love stories. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. 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 Hi. Follow us on Instagram at Speak All Evil Pod. Happy birthday, guys. Happy birthday. Four years. Wow. Four years today. Toddlers. Thereabouts. Hard to believe. Not a lot of things last four years. Yeah. So anyway, I quit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> this is our last one have you guys been getting paid i haven't been getting any of the uh yeah well that's yeah. the thing i would i would have thought you know if you had told me four years ago <laughs> you guys will all still be doing this in four years <laughs> i would have thought wow i guess it was a hit <laughs> yeah <laughs> must have been some kind of success if all four people are still doing it four years later i guess we must be going great guns by then on that note, if anyone would like to sponsor the podcast, uh, please uh, reach out at Speak All Evil Pod on Instagram. I'd, um, yeah, I'd settle for a rate and review. <laughs> Just Venmo Dave Gutter. <laughs> rate and review the show. You like the podcast, and if you uh, if you screen cap that review and send it to our Instagram, we'll send you a free T-shirt. Uh, sizes are a little bit limited right now, but we'll send you what we've got. Anybody watch anything good this week besides what we're going to talk about? I did. I'm so excited about Long Legs Mm. that I went back and watched, speaking of our birthday, Gretel and Hansel. Oh, nice. Osgood Perkins, uh, which fucking amazing. Love it. You loved it this time. We all all went to see when we first started the podcast. Mm -hmm. the, The day we recorded our first episode, we went to Salem and we toured the Witch Museum and we went to see Hansel and Gretel together. It's the only time all four of us have ever been to a movie together. Wow. I, I, I was a little underwhelmed by it at the time. We were like four Roger Eberts, like so <laughs> discerning. We were so picking that poor movie yeah, apart. Yeah, we were a little too. We had yeah. something to prove. I know. Like, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I just, yeah, I wasn't. Because we hadn't reviewed other movies before. So we were, we were like, you know what it's out, is out there? There's all kinds of horror movies out there way <laughs> yeah. better than this. What this yeah, is that this was crap. like 600 movies ago. Yeah. And now we've talked about all those other movies. It's really great. I feel like I... If I were to go back, I don't. We didn't haven't covered that movie explicitly on the show, but we did talk about it. I believe that we had taken the trip, 
Anyway, I also watched uh, I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the Walls, which I didn't realize or maybe forgot was Perkins. So that's a Netflix like okay. original. How was that? Really slow. Yeah. Which you can find. I mean, you read any reviews on it. It's pretty well reviewed, but it will tell you right out the gate. Like this is a very quiet and basically one setting. Lots of uh, monologue over, so like lots of voiceover. Um, I, I liked it, but it is. Do not go into it expecting like some sort of like massive mm. like uplifted energy or anything like that. Um, but Perkins, you know, he's got a style. But you liked Gretel and Hansel more. That's I did, yeah, yeah, for time. sure. Interesting. For sure. I, I would give that a, a, a rewatch. Uh, and then uh, delved into a TV show on Max that I have had yet to see, uh, The Outsider. I think that was like three or four years old now. Mm. Jason Bateman, Stephen King uh, story adapted into like an eight-part like miniseries. Uh, only like three episodes in. Super enthralled. Can't believe that I didn't watch it. Don't care how it ends. Don't spoil it. Uh, so far, it's just, it's great. Nice. Right after we watched the other movie, the A24. I'm Life not after gonna, I'm, I'm going to try not to give it away. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be right in the the show title. But Under the Skin played right after. Oh, nice. So I ended up watching Under the Skin uh, this week. Yeah, and th- interesting. You know, there were some random uh, 80s flicks playing in here that I couldn't really say. Uh, I've been watching Inseminoid on Tubi a lot. It seems to please everyone uh, that comes to the studio. <laughs> We've had a lot of, you know, very unhappy clients at the studio being like, the number one question is like, what the fuck are we watching? <laughs> what is on the TV? And so Inseminoid uh, has a lot of, it's like sci-fi. It's almost like less boobies than Life Force, but kind of like Life Force. Okay. Um, and okay. real easy to have less boobies than Life Force. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're saying. <laughs> but there, yeah, it's just like sci-fi 80s booby movie. And it's, uh, it's been a hit movie. with the transient druggies. <laughs> you work with. They've just eaten it up. Yeah. <laughs> well, nice. they, they're they the young, like 20 year olds. So they'll be like, mm. I'll have horror on. They'll be like, I have trauma. And like, <laughs> like this is affecting me. The vibe is we not right. We all have right. trauma, 20 year old. <laughs> all right. So you've moved on from death spa. My great grandfather died, to... and I don't like death. Oh, that's true. It's <laughs> happened. Kat, you seen anything? My time seems to just be taken up with uh, forensic files right now. Um, but I did watch that Netflix one, Fall of the House of Usher. Oh, yeah. What'd you I thought that one was great. It. I really, that one was like a slow start, kind of. But then like once you were into it, like once you were a few episodes in, especially towards the fucking end, it got real intense and it fucking slapped. Like I thought it was really good. I thought, nice. and and I just recently found out that they had switched out the main actor after they had shot everything because apparently he was a piece of shit and like harassed people or something oh. as as everyone does now <laughs> and i didn't even i couldn't even tell the whole time that show was probably my favorite show that i watched all of last year so nice i've been on kind of an awards bait tour been going to the movies mm. after i saw poor things and that got a bunch of academy award nominations when i go to the movies i like to that's when I get out of the horror or, or I'm more likely to see something that's not horror because at home it's just work, work, work. <laughs> only, you know, it's niche interest. But when I go out to the movies, I'll see something else. And uh, I saw the most incredible movie last week called The Zone of Interest. 
Mm. Same filmmaker as Under the Skin. Jonathan, oh, oh, wow. Jonathan I, Glazier. Glazier, yeah. Wow. Uh, it's one of the most incredible movies I've ever seen in my life. Any genre. It's an incredible piece of work. It's art. It's more cinema than cinema. It is... I went twice because I was so... It's so different. It, it's so much different than anything you've seen. And it, it's a kind of a... I mean, it's a Holocaust movie. But it is unlike any Holocaust movie you've seen. It is not your parents' Holocaust movie. It is incredible. I could I would talk about it for too long, but really can't recommend enough the zone of interest. I'm sure it's going to win some awards. I think it should win every award it can. I also saw um, All of Us Strangers, the British movie. It was based on a uh, a novel that was already adapted once for film. It was a Japanese horror movie, but this is a much more more of a fantasy romance version of of the story it's interesting it's it's, it's pretty good it's like british um well it was it was fine I, I enjoyed it but the zone of interest is my my big takeaway for the week if you haven't seen that this week it's cat's valentine's day week <laughs> happy birthday happy valentine's day valentine's wow. day we're one of those couples that uses valentine's day <laughs> As our anniversary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're going to start with the uh, 2013 film called Only Lovers Left Alive. Set against the romantic desolation of Detroit and Tangiers, an underground musician, deeply depressed by the direction of human activities, reunites with his resilient and enigmatic lover. Their love story has already endured several centuries at least, but their debauched idol is soon disrupted by her wild and uncontrollable younger sister. Can these wise but fragile outsiders continue to survive as the modern world collapses around them? Man, I hope so. Woo! <laughs> okay, listen, this is the only week that I think I get a pass for choosing a romance movie. Absolutely. It's you know, appropriate. This is it. Yeah. This is why we do it. It's the week of love, you know? And why not celebrate this week of love on our horror movie podcast by watching a movie that has no real horror in it, you know? <laughs> it's just, it's fun. It's got eternal love. We love that here at Speak All Evil. So yes, while this movie might be lacking in the violence and gore, and surprisingly, vampire murders. Um, each time a vampire is mur like murders someone in this, we don't see it. They like pan away, yeah. Or we see it afterwards. We see the aftermath. Right. right. That's probably what I disliked most about it. I thought I was gonna be seeing some like some bitey bits, but it lacked in the bitey bits category, which is fine. Romance. We got romance. That's I love that. Um, I liked a brooding and moody. Tom Hiddleston, hmm. big fan. We also got to see his butt, kinda. So that was a big win for me this week. We also got a beautiful Tilda Swinton and her omnipotent vibes and her beautiful hair just floating around. It's like right on the cusp of being white people dreads, but not <laughs> quite there. So yak real hair, good. actually. Yak. Mm -hmm. The combination they were both wearing wigs. Combination of yak hair and other things to make oh, them. Why look. does yak hair keep coming well, up? I don't know. Yeah, what? <laughs> I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> okay, yak well now, uh, yeah, I, I guess the story itself isn't really, you know, it's nothing crazy. It's not the most interesting, but. I did. I liked how it portrayed. You know, these two people. They stayed in love. They were a ride. And, they were a ride or die. 
you know, uh, for they mostly agreed on stuff. And then uh, they got through these challenges together, uh, like this weird little sister that's coming through being all volatile and, and you know, murdery. I would argue that this is as much a horror movie as Interview with the Vampire. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. It's I, right on the same key. You're not going to get any pushback on this for me. I think feel, you sound like you're I ready for- I feel attacked already. I love I, it. I, no I one has said anything. I love the movie. <laughs> you're projecting. Yeah. yeah, you are. Because I am forced to like the movies that I pick every week now. Oh, those oh, are the fans that to. were no. mad at you about not liking the movies you picked. Listen. Yeah, that wasn't not, us. Not us. I don't care. It's a bit slow going, if I'm being real- there wasn't enough going on in this movie for me to like be interested in it. It had its moments, don't get me wrong, where like it was humorous and I liked how they kind of brought in like the um the buddy human to like be like a, a humorous part. And I thought that whole story arc with the human Ian was interesting because it, it kind of showed how Tom Hiddleston's vampire character, you know, he really doesn't, he calls them zombies, you know, the humans. He doesn't really want to connect with them, but this was one that he felt like I think he did connect with. And then his lover's sister just like fucked it all up. So that part was pretty heartbreaking for me. And then that was kind of it. Like I kind of, I wanted more blood. I wanted it to be like Queen of the Damned. But, like, better? Listen, I said but better, okay? I wanted it to be an elevated Queen of the Dam because I liked Queen of the Dam. I thought it was fun. That's what it was. But, Dave, I thought because this has its own place in, like, vampire movie history that it would be something bigger, like, something better. But it kind of was just, eh, to me. So, happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) I had never heard of this movie. I had no idea what you were talking about. Really? No clue. I hadn't either. No. I, I admittedly am not familiar with Jim Jarmusch at all. Dead Don't Die is the only film I've ever seen. Did not like it. Uh, tried. Went into it desperately wanting yeah. to like yeah. it. Read all kinds of reviews. Knew that it was slow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, got like a quick overview of like Jarmusch's style uh, still spent the entire movie waiting for something to happen and not laughing. <laughs> I felt like as much as I should be, I was like, oh, Jesus. And then I watched this movie and I was like, oh, I'm just not hipster enough. Okay. Uh, they just want everything uh, to go over fired. everyone's head unless you have the hipster fucking encyclopedia set. Like <laughs> the hipster fucking Bible salesman came to your door and was like, would you like the complete set today? <laughs> and you have to like pause the movie and go to, okay, what's that? C? That name was C. Let me flip to page 64. All right. Right. Mm. You know, if it wasn't Swinton and Hiddleston, I would have probably spent this entire movie fast forwarding because they're great. It's shot beautifully. The soundtrack saves the entire experience. But this is 30 minutes of story in two hours. Mm -hmm. Yep. There are so many sequences in this movie where I'm like, this has been going on for five minutes and nothing has happened. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as far as like horror movie, I'm never gonna give anyone on this show shit for like, is it horror, is it not? We've we've gone way over that line. I mean, and this is a vampire flick, and you know, Anton Yelton as Ian, R.I.P. Love that character. He's kind of like the Renfield, but he's like the hipster indie like Renfield guy. Great character. If there was a legit emotional arc there, I was super bummed 
when you know Mia Wazakowski shows up and just eats the fucking guy. Mm-hmm. Like all that was great, but it's like if you took all these scenes, like here, I forget the actor's name, but Tom Hiddleston goes to the hospital, Jeffrey he Wright. gets blood. Great scene, so well done, like yeah. well shot. It's funny. Just yeah. like condense everything in. Yeah. Throw some of the cool music like around it, and and this probably would have been like a decent short film, or I don't know, like eighty eight minutes or something, and kind of like the dead don't die, uh, and I just talked about you know Perkins film, like I am the pretty thing that lives in the walls, like you just spend the whole movie waiting for something to happen, just don't, because nothing does. And when it does, it moves super fast, and then they give you five minutes of like an indie rock song. So I didn't hate it, but there's just so much to get through uh, with so little payoff. Ultimately, honestly, I thought that the, the end shot was like a super lame like cop out, like the final wow. shot of the movie. Wow. For somebody that spent huh. so much time jerking himself off more than Tarantino has in his entire catalog in one <laughs> film. Man. I was like, oh, wow, you ended it that way? Hmm. I didn't hate it. I'm just saying. I didn't hate I it. I hear you. I would work harder to legitimately find things that were good about it. And there are plenty. Uh, and it's real easy to sit there and pick it apart. But again, I just don't think I'm cool enough for this movie. Hmm. I mean, I don't hate you. <laughs> um, but, uh, and I don't hate Jim Jarmusch. I was uh, kind of a fan of his stuff. Um, you know, I have a Tom Waits tattoo. He's Tom Waits is in Down by Law. That's how I first got introduced to Jim Jarmusch. And I saw a few things after. I I also didn't like The Dead, Don't Die. But this, to me, was, I, I like, hated the characters. The actual characters and their dialogue. I loved those actors. And I was like, did they, like, owe Jarmusch a favor or something? <laughs> like, what? what, didn't anyone speak up at some of this dialogue? Because I thought it was just really pretentious, hipster drivel. Like Kevin was saying, just trying to get every like cool band reference in there. The part where he's talking about, oh yeah, I did his song with Schubert, but he didn't. <laughs> f- he didn't give me credit and whatever. And I'm just like, okay, come there's, on. There's so much like, of that. Uh, it's just yeah, nonstop. I yeah, thought the guitar porn much. was cool. I like the guitar porn. Most of this movie <laughs> there was a is... whole section of the movie that's just vintage even, guitar porn. Even that band that's playing at the end, uh, what are the hills? Winter hills, White or, hills or something. White Hills. They their guitars are sick. It's like somebody with a good guitar collection had something to do with the making of this movie, and they were just like, yeah, we'll just sprinkle that all the way through, and that'll take up. It was like they were trying to fill time with artistic drivel. People drinking the blood. Okay, their heads going back. Great. It's like drugs. I did like <laughs> that they that they didn't they weren't aggressive. I kind of liked that about it, and I saw a lot of potential in that story. But everything was too on the nose, and to me, there wasn't enough humor in it. Uh, it was too too disguised, and all I got was the uh, is the hipster stuff. Adam and Eve, like, come on, like. <laughs> But but the plug, the the fact that they had to have a plug for their blood, everyone had to have a hookup like a drug dealer or something. I like that aspect of it, and I and my favorite parts honestly were the comedic parts uh, with Jeffrey Wright in the in the blood place where he mm-hmm. was getting the blood. I like those awkward it's transactions. Called a hospital. Yes, thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, 
the blood place. <laughs> Some hipster joint. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I haven't seen a doctor since the 80s, dude. Um, but anyway, I, I hated this fucking movie. I hated wow. it. Boy, you guys really hated I this movie. I really hated this movie. Huh. Just because... I, it's like Wes Anderson. You hate Wes Anderson. I don't hate Wes Anderson at all. I didn't like Asteroid City. Fight. I didn't. Fight. No, I didn't <laughs> like. We, okay. No, we agree on this. I didn't like French Dispatch. I didn't like Asteroid City. I think right. he's just gotten for me. Right. It just seems like it's so far up its own ass, and I can totally <laughs> understand. Jim Jarmusch is the same way. This exactly. is, yeah, I know. Like he had the stuff he does or has done that is amazing. Has holds his place in like cinematic. Yes, history and of course, and same with Wes Anderson. But this to me is like that. I don't know. It's not even over the top. It's not even grandiose and self indulgent. It's just boring. Yeah. Wow, interesting. You know, that's funny. I love this movie. Woo! But I didn't like it the first time, <laughs> and I thought all the same things that you guys were saying. I had never heard of this. But if you had, instead of telling me this title for me to go find, if you had just said. Uh, Jim Jarmusch made a vampire movie in 2013. This is exactly... I, I, I didn't even need to... I mean, <laughs> I knew what it was going to be. I knew exactly what it was going to be. There'd be a lot of hanging around. Nothing was going to happen. There's going to be a lot of talking. There's going to be cool-ass music. There's going to be all kinds of stuff that I don't understand. And at the end, I'm going to be like, what the hell was that? I, 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 I knew that. I totally knew that's what it was going to be. Because, you know, I'm not like a, a Jarmusch enthusiast, but I've seen... Enough of him to know what he does. And so the first time I watched this, I was like, all right, great mood piece. You know, um, it's very mood. I loved the, the performances. I thought everyone was great. I totally believe they were vampires. You don't even have to go that far with those guys for me to believe they're a vampire. You put some yak air on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, so I watched it and I was like, yeah, I like, I liked it, but I didn't. Like I was like, nothing happens, you know, all the stuff you guys are saying. And then I, you know, I did some reading about it and I, I watched it again. And the second time, I really, really liked it much, much more. I really appreciated it. And I, I think that the thing about this movie is that nothing happens, but on the level that he's operating on, everything happens. It's like this whole long epic of disaffection and dissatisfaction not only with one's own life, but with like the course of art and literature Pop and all this stuff. Right. Yeah, it, it's not, I mean, it is, it is brutally hipster, but to me, it's not even that. It's just more like you have to be a academic to fucking understand all the shit that he's talking about, all the historical references. And it just seems too cute. Like you said, Dave, like one of the gags is that these vampires have been part of, they're, they're so old that they knew Byron and Shelley and they knew Schubert and right. you know, they knew all the classical composers and all the writers and all the playwrights. And, and not only that, but the character um, who's played by John Hurt Marlowe, that's but, a real, that's a real person. Did you know that? Wait, which, which one is that? Marlowe, the, the, the guy that gets the blood for um, Tilda Swinton's character. Oh, right, that, John right. Hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, legendary British actor, Harry Potter, as we know him, I think. Oh yeah. I love John Hurt. You know, that's based on a real guy who was a an English like playwright and poet, and he died under very mysterious circumstances. And um, there's a conspiracy theory that that was actually Shakespeare, and he faked his own death and became Shakespeare, who was published like a year later or something. And that's who that that's who Marlowe is supposed to be in this, and that's why he's talking about I wrote all the Shakespeare stuff. Yeah, by the oh, time they right. got to that, my eyes had rolled all the way <laughs> to the back of my head. <laughs> I know it's it is ridiculous, but I think if you ever were 
you know, not that it sounds like anyone will, but if you ever did watch it again and you knew that nothing happened and you just were, you know, if you could put yourself in that mood space and start thinking about what the characters are going through and what it's trying to sort of say, I think, about art and movies and, and music and stuff, I liked it. We watched it right here today in the lounge here in the Studio A. <laughs> and it, you know, it got little man cave vibes and we were just like, Boo! Like, what the fuck? I, I was. I'm guilty of that. I was just like so pissed. You were booing it? I was just audibly? like, come on, do something. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't audibly booing it. I was just like, uh. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, privately, I wouldn't have done that. I don't know. I feel like you would have. So your point, Trent, and you guys have already brought up the Vampire Lestat and Interview mm. with the Vampire and Queen of the Damned. Find me a movie that's like in the middle. Yeah. Of that, like, find me something that is not so, like, over most people's heads. Find me something that's not quite, like, Korn doing the soundtrack and <laughs> Lestat, you know, making, like, a new Disturbed song. And then throw in all the things that you talked about. Because there are some good messages in this around, like, global warming. I love the entire ex existential vampire thing. Like, what would you do if you were alive for centuries? That I'm totally bought in on that stuff. I just don't need to watch like two hours of like constant name dropping and Pythagoras <laughs> I know. and I know. you know all this. It's ridiculous. Uh, so find me something in the middle, and like yeah. that's probably a sweet spot. But you know, even the guitar stuff was so much like, oh, tell me what year is this is by touching it. I and know. She oh, it's a 1905 Gibson. I was Jeez. funny when you your said your jacket's even older than that, and they're like, "Who talks like that?" Vampires. Oh, you, that's who. Your jacket's <laughs> from a century older than that, and it's still in great condition. They're centuries old, man. You know, I'm kind of having a moment. I'm having a what's I'm not a like I'm having a come epiphany. Thank you. I'm epiphanizing right now. In that maybe the reason I didn't love Tom Hiddleston's character as much as I kind of wanted to is that I lived with this person oh. at one point in my life. Uh, what do you mean? I lived live with a with person. Tom Hiddleston? I wish. That would be <laughs> awesome. I lived with a person that was so up their own butt and like was like this musician and then like, oh, listen to the Shoegaze album. and blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like... You live with John Mayer? Oh. What's wrong with shoegaze? You live with Jack yeah, you White? You go from Sh Schubert and uh, all that <laughs> stuff, shoegaze. and then you go to shoegaze. That's the it's evolution. It's a vibe. It's, you can't tell me that you have not met a person no, like I, this. No, I, I, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. I, yeah. I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm blushing. You can't see it because of the light in here. <laughs> it's Yeah, so I think maybe I that's one of the reasons that I just wasn't um, – so in as in love with this movie as I thought I was going to be. Mm. You know, you mentioned it, Trent. Like, Hurt got that Harry Potter money. I love that everybody in this, they're all incredible actors. I love that Hiddleston and Swinton went and got that Marvel money. I love that Yelkin, before his death, got that Star Trek money. Like, all these people, they can do these types of films, and they do incredible work. But I also love the fact that, like, they went and got some of that, like, big budget, like, superhero good, good. action money, too. Yeah. Even the younger sister, she was in like Alice in Wonderland or some shit. Yeah, she was yeah. in Burton's Alice in Wonderland. Mm -hmm. And Hiddleston and, and uh, Wasikowska are in uh, the Del Toro flick Crimson Peak, which I think is a criminally oh, underrated movie. Forgot about that. My main overall personal takeaway from this movie is that I would love the vampire lifestyle. I would definitely, I would love to live centuries and 
you know, she's talking about all the times that they lived through the plagues and the floods and the medieval days. And she's like, Oh man, you know, we've seen so much stuff and, and they um, can only see it at night though. They can only see everything at night and they have to go to bed before dawn as close to before dawn as possible. And then um, they just, they can't get up until it's dark out. Even if they want to, they have to. So everything they do is at night and there's, you know, no windows and there's lots of guitars and lots of books and lots of blood. Uh, I mean, and, and there's nothing else. You know, they can't get a job. They're a vampire. This is just it. I, I could do that for centuries, I think. His pad did kind of look like the studio a little bit. It was not that dissimilar. It's like the records in there. Yes. Okay, our next pick for Cats Valentine's Week, 2014 film called Life After Beth. A hike alone in the woods ends tragically for Beth Slocum with a fatal snake bite. Her death leaves her parents and boyfriend Zach reeling. After the funeral, Zach tries to make friends with Mr. and Mrs. Slocum, but even they reject him, and he's determined to figure out why. Then he sees Beth. Her parents are trying to keep her resurrection a secret, but zombie Beth provides Zack with the opportunity to do everything with her that he didn't get to while she was still alive. But with Beth's increasingly erratic behavior and even more strange occurrences around town, life with the undead Beth proves to be particularly complicated for her still-living loved ones. This one was, was fun. I really liked it. It had a cast full of comedic powerhouses, um, I wasn't expecting that. All of a sudden, it's like John C. Riley's coming in, Molly Shannon's coming in, some other people, Matt, something, Mick, something or other. Paul Reiser. Paul, Paul, yeah, Paul Reiser. Cheryl Hines. Yeah, see, other people. Love it. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Anna Kendrick. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Portland's own. Molly Victoria Shannon. Mansion's own. John um, C. Riley. Jo- yeah, that's. I think she said some of them. I said all of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one thing that uh, I wasn't expecting with this one, there's a lot of sexy scenes in this movie. It's like a teen sexy film. I mean, well, are there? I mean, I mean make well, out scenes. Compar- Listen, comparatively to the other film we watched this week, I yeah. thought that one was going to be all hot and heavy. This one, they're banging in the sand. I think it's the daylight like playground. That was a little weird. The daylight playground I sex wouldn't, makes it What seem- I'm trying to say is I wouldn't want to watch this movie with my mom, is what I was trying to get at. It's like, mm. that's like the threshold uh for me on that one a lot of uh, humorous and fun practical effects in this one that i liked mostly just like face effects wise or um, makeup and stuff like that i liked them the last scene when she's attached to the stove and uh ragdolling down <laughs> a hill mm. Be- one of my favorite scenes i think i've seen in a long time <laughs> wow. it was just great huh. so it it, I liked it because it would go from like a serious and kind of like emotional scene and then cut straight to like something like that. That would just like take you out of out of this um, like dramatic moment. And it just I think it worked really well. I liked the idea of like how it t- 
took like this girl's back from the dead and just like ran with it into a whole nother direction where it's not just like, oh, he like raised her from the dead or he like wished upon a star and she came back. But it was like a monkey's paw kind of a thing. No, it like slowly turns into like a full on zombie apocalypse, which I wasn't really expecting. Hmm. And I thought it was it was great. It was like a um, it's like a lighthearted dawn of the dead. It was like an easy listening Dawn of the Dead. It was like 1071's The Bay, but in visual form. It was relaxing. It was fun to watch with some bloody little bits sprinkled in. And like I said, like it was emotional. You know, you go through uh, the emotions with this Zach, our little like Devin Sawa looking beautiful little man of losing someone and then like kind of reflecting on your relationship with this person and then he's like going through the stages of grief and then kind of going through them even when she comes back where it's like acceptance and denial and blah 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 so I thought it had a lot of heart I will say it had some slow going moments not as slow as the other one I would say had some slow going moments where I was like okay we can kind of move it along but I think it wrapped up wonderfully and I just think this is a great film to watch with your with your partner on a on a beautiful Valentine's Day. Yeah, that could could be one of those. This yeah. is um I think the kind of a rare in that's A24 comedy horror. Not not exactly known at this point for the comedy horror end of things. Mm. I'd never heard of this or I guess I I had heard the name, but I had never seen it. I was not prepared for the laundry list of stars that we already rattled off. <laughs> Aubrey Plaza was just the most Aubrey Plaza in this. You know, she's she's really branched out and does all kinds of stuff now. I saw um, Emily the Criminal, I think was last year, a totally different role for her that was great. But this is the classic Aubrey Plaza doing Aubrey Plaza. And it, it works so well because she has come back from the dead and is gradually turning into a zombie. So it really just works with her whole thing that she does. Yeah, her um, like I, not I, acting. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Or just so good that it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, fun. You know, I thought it was funny. It was pleasant. It was much like like you were saying, that's the whole thing with the movie, like all the smooth jazz that, yes. she, you know, <laughs> once she's a zombie, she can only listen to smooth jazz. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that keeps going through the whole movie. Some great song placements in this. Um, the 1980s soft rock hit Into the Night. Love that Ooh. song. It's so weird. Brian Jonestown <laughs> Massacre at the end. You get yeah. plenty of hipster music in this. Uh, a lot of uh, if you know Parks and Rec, a lot of Parks and Rec references. You, you guys probably know way more about that than me. I thought the the best thing about it was just how gradual the transformation uh, of Beth is. That's kind of the whole thing. At first, it's not obvious that she's a zombie. They're just like, well, she's back. That's cool. And she just gets slower and slower, and she keeps talking about her test tomorrow. I liked that. She's yeah. Always, yeah, that was... Like she's had an injury or something. <laughs> and so it takes them a long time before she's really becoming a zombie, and they're like, oh, shit, not only that, but wasn't that guy dead? They start seeing people around the neighborhood that have passed, or, you know, and they're acting weird. They're like, trying to deliver the mail, but not like they used to. <laughs> All that stuff. That was pretty funny. I mean, ultimately, I, I did think this was... Kind of forgettable. I'll I'll never really think about it again. It was a little slow in parts. I think you know. I'll think about the other movie again. I'll never think about this again. So take that for what it's worth. You're welcome. If you told me four years ago <laughs> that four years from now I would talk about Paul Reiser twice in one month, <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, no way. <laughs> 
Um, I like the dude from Criminal Minds in this who plays yes. the the brother who's oh, just a meathead. The security guard. Everything. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's so good. Yeah. I also loved that when she was the the zombie or whatever. Like the thing that the things that brought her back were like super basic bitch kind of like we're gonna let's go hiking like like, flamingo class yeah oh yeah yeah i like this when i first saw this uh i wasn't familiar with aubrey plaza and my takeaway the first time i saw this was yeah that that lead girl is annoying and i didn't like it and i might not have even made it through to the end of this i might have fallen asleep or something and never um Dude, are you humping your scarf? I love that part. <laughs> are you fucking your scarf? But yeah, I, I thought the comedy in this was amazing, and it's like pretty blatant and and stupid. And it's and it is unlike a two four movies. Even bodies, bodies, bodies is a little edgier than this. This is pretty. Oh, I forgot about that one. Right, pretty friendly stuff. But um, I loved Aubrey Plaza this time in it. Now after I'd kind of like I know what she does she, she's made it a thing right and it's good yeah and then when yeah. i saw it, i felt the same way you did is like this is her doing aubrey plaza like <laughs> maximum um and yeah i thought she was super good you know even like just the twitch out moments with like the lazy <laughs> eye and like uh she was really good at freaking out and and cat you are 100 right like that's one of the greatest images in recent horror movies wow. of the dead girl with an oven on her back going <laughs> yeah. down the hillside oh, like yeah i was kind of grossed out by that part I, that, was yeah. a little, that was a little too harsh for me yeah i, I felt weird about it i, like, I yeah. thought this was a yeah. rom-com I loved, it. I loved it but around around this time i also though there was a lot of good horror comedies that had come out so like when i had seen this the first time i was putting it up against a recent Shaun of the dead um, there was also a, a big surge of like, uh, like crazy girlfriends back from the dead movies and and TV shows and it was a lot of they were all kind of sharing the same jokes. This and, is kind of this is right. I mean, somewhere before this is when I feel like zombie popular culture started getting played out, and it almost started right. to get like okay. And I think I kind of lumped that in with that when I'd seen it before. I liked it much better this time. Hmm. Um, yeah. Same. I had never seen this, but it's because I was super fatigued by the whole zombie thing. Yeah, yeah. And, like, warm bodies had come out, boy eats girl. Like, there was a whole slew of, like, kind of mid-tier, like, indie. And going back now, this is far superior to all of those. Like, oh, this uh, is so good. Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right, yeah. And so, like, like Jarmouche tucks a lot of things in that I almost think, like, he doesn't want you to get. This isn't Jarmouche, though. No, but this one, it's still pretty indie. It's still pretty dry. It's still pretty wink-wink, yep. and you can... There's another layer to it. Yes. But you can also get it, and even if you don't, you can enjoy it. Uh, you don't have to know Matthew Gray Goobler, who plays the brother in this like you don't have to know him to like enjoy it but if you do know him and you know like his role in like criminal minds and he does right. a lot of like really quirky indie films as well right. you're gonna appreciate it even more but you yes. still it's a fucking great character All that stuff regardless. was lost on me uh, yeah yeah I know and, I, about. and i was like oh my god i love this guy uh dane dehan who plays zach uh that movie chronicle he's so good in that um that's kind of it's not horror but that's sort of like a 
found footagey, like uh, darker take on like superheroes. That's great. Cure for Wellness. He's fantastic in that. And I fucking love Aubrey Plaza. I'm glad I didn't see this movie back when it came out because same, Dave. Like, I loved her the second that she popped up in Parks and Rec, which is the first thing I think most people probably saw her on. Uh, loved it. And then it, I'm so happy that I waited like almost 10 years to see this because she's just fucking awesome. But yeah, I mean, it moves along pretty well. I mean, you guys said it's slow. It I mean, slow comparatively, process. this is like a fucking Fast and Furious movie to <laughs> <clears throat> the last one. Tokyo um, Drift over here. But, but it also kind of like sequentially, it's, it's an interesting movie. I have a problem with it, and I actually enjoyed this aspect. It does not come to, it does not give you any explanations. There's zero exposition. There's no explanation. You don't know yeah. why people are coming back from the dead. It has a great progression where, like you said, Trent, like the diner scene's fantastic. Like you kind of see like this short order cook ripping tags down and throwing <laughs> yeah, like, so like yeah. what's going it's almost like an evil within type thing where like the yes. town is suddenly like you're like huh yeah and it does pre- all of a sudden like it's on the news and then all hell breaks loose and then it's just over yeah everything like the you know the dead are dead and and no more zombies and anna kendrick and bane dehan right off into the sunset i loved that you could poke holes in it all day long but i i'm We've talked about it before. I don't always need things to be explained. It is interesting for like a a rom-com to not give you like exposition and stuff like that. So for me, it was kind of refreshing. And then, yeah, the cat, it's a fucking recognizable face per minute for the first like 30 minutes of this. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I've seen everybody. And then Anna Kendrick pops up and it's, yeah, it's great. Yeah. My favorite scene in this movie by far, and I, I will say, I, I guess probably one of my favorite scenes of all time wow. is, is when, yeah, she's back from the dead and he takes her to the beach and they're having a romantic moment and he busts out his guitar and he's going to play her a new song <laughs> oh, that he wrote so for her. And she hates it. Not only does she hate it, but she hates it violently. Mm. She's like, that's the worst piece of shit I've ever heard. <laughs> she's like, is this a joke? Are you kidding right now? Why, why would you do that? <laughs> I was like, this is, oh, and then she brings up his band. This isn't, that was better. No. (laughs) It's so good. It hit you you real deep, didn't it, Trent? Yeah. It's an interesting opposition to the other movie where, like, Hiddleston's character is, like, the greatest musician of all time. And it's, like, so fucking, (laughs) like, driving that home. Yeah, to this one. (laughs) That scene is just brilliant because you're, like, oh. But that's also kind of, I think, your first hint that, like, the smooth jazz is the only thing that'll, like, calm her down. Yes, that's the only thing she can listen to, smooth jazz. And then you sort of, like, they don't overtly tell you any of that until, like, they're in the diner yeah and the poor kid's like can you turn this music off he's like what what's wrong like everyone likes this like you don't want to listen you got a problem with the music oh i didn't even get that he was doing that because there were so many people slowly transitioning like her that wanted to hear the Mm -hmm. the smooth jazz the only thing that would keep the short order cook going yeah wow i didn't even get that nice and that See? was the drop. That was I'm the not the night, too. Though. This movie isn't too cool for me. I'm like, that's why I liked it. <laughs> too cool he for knows me. Stuff. I feel like I feel like we're at like a hipster cafe in Brooklyn this week for Valentine's Day, getting a pastry. Yeah. With a heart on it, together. Pop tart, homemade pop tarts, organic. Whole Foods pop tarts. <laughs> I really liked the whole initial gag when she's first come back, and her parents are just so glad to have her back. They're not asking any questions, and they're not telling anyone about it. That's yeah. what everyone yeah. would do. <laughs> but, <laughs> but they have to keep her in the house, 
She can't go out during the day. Nobody can know she's here. She can't even answer the phone. I thought that was a brilliant little scene. The phone rings yeah. and she goes to get yeah. like, No. But dad, you hate answering the phone. So she's no, I like, like it now. I like yeah, it now. I like it now. <laughs> yeah. Give me the phone. So so they've got her back, but she can't leave the house. And then, of course, the boyfriend eventually finds out. And uh, I thought that was really funny. Yeah. yeah. I liked how they, um, like uh, Kevin kind of mentioned before, where they were like hunkered down they're like ready they're like all right we're gonna go to this place and the zombie apocalypse is happening blah blah blah. and then like they turn on the tv and they're like yep everything's fine now everything's back to normal and they're like oh uh, okay and then they just go back to normal it's great yeah he had such a great plan yeah he had a plan he was ready he was gonna take charge of this fucking whole thing yes (laughs) i feel like like the bones of this movie uh aren't as great as how well it was cast because it's all like likable actors and like the like John C. Riley, like any I've never like looked at a screen and, and been like mad. Just, he's just like kind of middle of the road. He always kinda of acts the same. But he's it's like a, a Bill Murray kind of he like can, comfort. Yeah, kind of like Aubrey Plaza. He can also he can just do John C. Riley. He can do the thing. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's great every time. Yeah. I, I thought lo- I, oh, go ahead. when go she ahead. was when they first show Beth tied to the stove. They've got her strapped to the stove in the house. She's like sitting down on the floor and she's tied to the stove. When she stands up with it, I was like, wow, this is amazing. It's like a weird turtle. So she's walking around with a stove tied to her to just slow her down enough she can't do too much damage. And she's got the smooth jazz playing from the boombox attached to the stove. But then when, when she goes down the hill... I was like uncomfortable with that scene, honestly. <laughs> I loved it. What? It great, classic, classic. I would love like, um, like those edits. Like, yeah, maybe I'll put it in your wedding. Your, uh, you asked for a video. Oh, yes. great. that'd be a oh, great. Oh, perfect. One. Just great that clip. the tumbling uh, on Luke. Over, yeah. that'd over. Be great. You have to do it with the scene from Just Mac that. and Me. Oh. I'd like to do what I'd like to do an A two four one though, and that would definitely perfect. be in there. Um, Wonderful. A two four kills would be a fun mashup video. Do you know anything, Kevin, about the release of this? Because it it's listed a uh, production budget at two million dollars, and there's like there's no box office. It's like two hundred and seventy five k or did something. Did it even get a run? It must have been very limited. Well, so the director Jim Baina, yes, he's married to Aubrey Plaza. Oh, what? No way. I didn't yeah. Know that. So they and but oh, back when they were wow. dating around this time, he actually had this script for like five or six years. Okay. And they they got together. She dug out the script and was like, "Wait, I love this. Let's make this movie." I did not know that. Interesting. Yeah. I knew he made Horse Girl in 2020. Have you seen Horse Girl? Yes. Very bizarre. Okay, I haven't I like seen it. it. I've always been intrigued by it. Allison Brie and yeah, some other big. People. Uh, and he wrote I Heart Huckabees. He didn't direct that one. This was his feature debut. Yeah, he had written I Heart Huckabees, then made this and a couple other ones, but I've always wanted to see Horse Girl. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, this is pre-A24 being an absolute banger yeah, of a yeah. studio. So Next, Next week. week. <laughs> <laughs> Romance well, is dead now. <laughs> glad we got to have the birthday valentine's anniversary love-in tonight cat's not going to be here next week just the fellas we got to go back Man to the film there's there's a couple new movies available streaming that haven't been widely available streaming until now you can check out august underground wow. which is a two dollar rental on youtube google play voodoo and we're going to check out august underground penance wow the third in the trilogy 
That's also. I think that's only Voodoo Rental. Wait, you're skipping the second? It's not out. It's the second is only on like effed up movies or whatever. The second has not been re oh. released. So since when do we not watch mov- first movies and third, on effed since, up? Since ne- well, yeah, but uh, this is uh, it's come to the masses now for the first time since in, right. that I'm aware of since the existence of the August Underground trilogy. This is the first time it's been on commercial streaming sites. You can only get DVD. He's been very tight with it. You couldn't even watch it on YouTube. Fred Vogel's been very tight with this, and uh, it's out there now. I've never seen either of them, so... Oh, okay. I was going to ask just for like a short... Brutal found footage murder. Ooh, found footage. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, that'll be fun for you guys. Have fun. <laughs> I, used, I used to like those movies. I used to like pushing myself to that le- that limit. Yeah. And I don't know. I Something happened where it did, makes me feel really gross, and well. I, I kind of like it more. <laughs> so but, great. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I've never seen these. I've always wanted to see them. They've been one of those movies like Solo used to be, and I'm probably never going to watch it unless it's for this podcast. Mm. So here we go. Cats away. So with with the schedule and everything, just so we will be, instead of our, with our loved ones on <laughs> That's right, Valentine's, Valentine's Day, on- we will be talking about <laughs> these hideous movies. Yes. yes. Yeah, it'll be playing right there on the screen. On Valentine's Day. On yes. Valentine's Day. <laughs> Cue the Donna Summer music in the background. Yeah, smooth jazz only in between. <laughs> nice. <laughs>